This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now we're talking about things as sweet as honey. But let me tell you, you don't want to mess with a bee. It is the entrepreneurial edge and our conversation right now is with Drini Burtis, the founder and CEO of Mint to be. She herself uh, looks the picture of a beautiful, beautiful honey golden color. But I wonder, you know, behind this very elegant facade, you've got to be a tough cookie because bees are very, really difficult to manage. So she's going to talk to us about the process of beekeeping the bee industry, who the stakeholders are. I've even heard that, you know, urban beekeeping is a phenomenon now. And for anybody who's thinking, how do I make extra money? If you've got a little bit of space in your garden and you're trained, you could grow your bees. I have a neighbor who keeps selling us uh, raw organic honey. Yeah, he's a member of the body corporate. I wonder if there's um, (laughs) a conflict of interest going on there. But the most sweetest, most beautiful nutty colored honey you know because they have the hives uh, in their yard so if we don't know then we don't know what we could be doing and for the organic farmers markets industry for for artisanal farming uh, subsistence farming this is one way to go about it but you have to know what it is you're doing so let's talk about what was meant to be and is it meant to be. Thank you for joining us, Drini Burtis. Good morning. Morning, Lerato, and thank you for inviting me. I really, it's a privilege to be here. No, it's our pleasure. You mentioned now um, the beekeepers or the bees and the honey in the uh, year around us, and I think that's something that's new and upcoming. And I think if anybody have a little bit of space available, I think it's important to bring, bring bees into uh, our environment. We have a 50% shortage, 50% shortage of bees in the world. Who's uh, counting? How would you know that? <laughs> Interesting question. <laughs> we also have 50% shortage of honey. So you can just imagine. And having a shortage of bees, remember bees pollinate our food. Yeah. And a huge amount of our food come from the pollinations of bees. So we need bees. And if we can bring it even here in this beautiful Joburg with our trees here, I think it's fantastic. But people must also be very, very um, safe with the bees because mm. there's between 20 60,000 bees in one hive. So wow. if, if you don't respect the bees, just imagine if those bees getting I've, out. I've got a story for you and I'll tell you in a moment. I just want to go back to what you are saying, that bees are very important for the uh ecosystem and biodiversity. I watched on National Geographic uh, a report. Is it exaggerated? They said that if the entire bee population in the world died today because of some catastrophe, because of a nuclear attack, I don't know. If all the bees in the world died today, it would take five years to decimate the human species. Is that true? It's absolutely true. And why is that true? We need bees to to uh, to pollinate our food. That's number one. And if the bees dies, as, die, as you say, uh, we, it will take three years and there will be no food anymore. Uh, 
that is the truth. It is absolutely what will happen. So we must look after our bees and we must, I can't say grow our bee population, but mm-hmm. if we put for them hives in our gardens, uh, I mean, I work with beekeepers in rural areas. That's something totally different. But there is a possibility in the bigger, in the city, in the bigger mm-hmm. uh, areas that we can bring bees okay. in here as well. Okay. And so what is the way of increasing the bee population? Just this week, we were talking about climate change, its impact on society. And what the climatologist said is planting a tree in your garden once a quarter, just plant a tree, try to create a small garden. After five years, you would literally feel the atmosphere around you cool down significantly if you just planted trees. So just give us this understanding of how nature works and why the bees are an important part of the story. So I'm going to talk about the beekeepers in the rural areas. I think that's where the biggest challenge lie, and that is also where we can increase our bee population. So uh, there's lots of land available in South Africa, and there's lots of land where we can put beehives in. The challenge is, is that the beekeepers have between 10 and 50 or 70 hives. I talk about previously disadvantaged beekeepers. If we can increase their beehives to 500 hives, per land that they have available. There's lots of land. Then we will start increasing our bee population. We start uh, the pollination because the beekeepers also move their hives around. Uh, macadamia nuts, for instance, can't pollinate. They, they, they have no other way of pollination except for bees. So without bees, there's no nuts. So the beekeepers move their hives then around. And with that, they pollinate and we increase the bee population if we have more hives in the rural areas. That's mm. the one way. The other thing that also... Um, blueberries that we all love so much. Blueberries also need be- uh, bees to... Um, to pollinate the, the, the blueberries, to yeah. get bigger and better blueberries. That's that's one thing. The other thing, some of the farmers use all kinds of a spray and insect killers, and that really attack our bees. Uh, so people have to look out of that, especially uh, the farmers who export, and I getting into a bee nest here now, yeah. is that they use pesticides to get exactly the same size of oranges or things like that. And we can't do, we can't pollinate that. So that take our bees out as well. Then another way that people can do it in this area where we're living in Joburg, if they have bees or they see a beehive, don't go and take the doom spray <laughs> and kill our bees. <laughs> get a professional to come and take out the bees. Just think if one beehive, because there's a Queen in, there's the drones in. Right. That's okay. Carry on. That's the men bees, and that, is, and then we have the the worker bees, and that's the woman bees. Right. Uh, so we we can't just kill the bees with doom or any pesticide. Okay. Get somebody to help. I need you to slow it down for me. So what I'm understanding is there's a direct uh, symbiosis between gardens, greenery, nature, and bees pollinating plants to provide food for us. You've given us the example of when the bees are busy pollinating the plants, uh, we get bigger oranges, bigger blueberries. We would never have any nuts to eat were it not for the bees. That's the role they play in our survival as a human species. A lot of the food we eat needs to have the bees pollinating those seeds, those plants, those flowers for the crop 
to grow. And so if we can have more beehives in rural areas, if we can have more trees in rural areas, there's a natural symbiosis between food security, our survival, but also we get more bees and we increase the bee population and we have the sweetness of the honey. So that's that's how Mother Nature is working. We wouldn't even need half of these fertilizers, insecticides, etc. if we just increased the bee population. It would improve the crop yields. Have I understood you correctly? Absolutely correctly. Okay. Now let's talk about, and then secondly, you say, even here in urban Johannesburg, if you've got a little bit of a backyard, and we don't mean a, a Santon garden, acres if you've just got a backyard that has nice foliage you can put a hive there absolutely so where to sent and wherever absolutely absolutely okay now how do you build or create or establish a hive i don't know what's the term okay so uh, i don't think people can build their own hives i think we must be very careful about that so there is a few companies in south africa there's one in pretoria there's a few in joburg uh there's especially in the western cape a lot uh, where you can buy a beehive but it is also important that you can't just come and put a put a beehive into your garden uh there's a few things around that one is Get a professional person, and in Joburg is a few that I know of, that can come and help you just to put your hive in your garden at the right spot. It can't be too near your your uh, neighbors, because if that beehive fall over and there's a, a crisis, who take responsibility for that? Yeah. So you have to look at that. So get a professional person to come and look at your, your, your environment and see if it's big enough and if you can have yeah. a beehive there. Are there any zoning rules around having, no. growing uh, or having a hive? Not as far as I know, no. Okay. No. So it's just get a professional who would help identify a good spot in your absolutely. backyard uh, and then you can carry on. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so inside, uh, am I right to say it's an apiary? Is apiary for birds or is it for Apiary is for a lot of beehives together. Yes, it's birds. Oh, so one beehive is just you being but a beekeeper, apiary, but when you've you... got like six or so, you've got an apiary. Yeah. Okay. And you can have an apiary in your backyard? Not in Joburg. I don't think you so. You can have one hive. I think so, yes. You, you can just have one. Ten. No, you can't. No, you can't. Okay. Thanks for that clarification. Inside the hive, what are we looking at? What's happening inside that box? So inside the hive, we have at the bottom side where the bee... So inside the hive, inside is the bottom side. And then on top is the, the smaller places where the beehives, the, uh, the bees make the honey. So you have to know that you have the... Uh, the the queen bee. Each beehive must have a queen bee. She's bigger than the other bees, and uh, we mark her usually on her head that we can identify her quickly. Okay. So uh, she's in there. Then we have the uh, the drones, but that we in simple term that's the men. They uh, help. They help the bee queen bee to to lay eggs and then we have the worker bees and that is the woman they they go out and uh, uh, collect pollination but a pollen and then she they come in they drop the pollen and that's then where the the process start of the of the forming of the honey so it's not just that the honey is there yeah. they form the honey okay so at the top of the food chain is a queen bee so these are matriarchal Absolutely. Societies. Absolutely. Okay. So at the top is a queen bee. Not Beyonce, but the bee bee. Something like that. <laughs> okay. And then there are the drones, the men. Yes. Who help to impregnate her. Yes, yes, yes. Then she drops the eggs, the queen bee. Yes. 
and then the worker bees at the bottom of the pyramid, they go out to pollinate trees and bring the pollen back. Yes. And then that helps to start create honey. Yes. And then the new baby bees are born and then the cycle continues. Start again. Yes. Okay, and how long from the very beginning does it take to create a honeycomb? Okay, I, I first just want to give you one other fact, Please. if you don't mind. So the poor drones, they have a very short lifespan. Uh, after mating, they die out. Yes. And the worker, <laughs> so what? <laughs> and the worker bees, they about, they, they, their lifespan is about six to eight weeks. So bees' lifespan is not extremely long, but they're hard workers. So... Uh, uh, and you ask me now how long before with the honeycomb is yeah. full. That, that depends on the, the uh, flowers and mm-hmm. the food in the area and the water in the area. So we in South Africa, we start harvesting November, December, January, February, March at the latest. Okay. okay? Because that has to do with the temperature okay. as well and the food that is available and the flowers that's available. During the winter times, the bees sleep. They don't come out if it's lower than 14 degrees. And usually it's for three months that they're in their hives. And after the three months, they start coming out again and start building up their energy. So they hibernate? Yes. Um, And so at the end of winter or... Between winter and what did you say? Between September. So, so they're literally producing honey for about three months or so. Three to four before, months. Before That's you it. can start harvesting. Yes, yes, yes. To get it, uh, yes, to get the, the, the hives full. Yes, yes. Sometimes if there's more um, uh, flowers in the area, yeah. uh, you can harvest twice. And if you are lucky, it can go up to three months in the, three times in that four months, depending on the area. Okay, so they, hence, I now understand why they're called busy bees. Absolutely. Because they are busy and they, and they just keep working 24-7. Okay, yes. and there's a hierarchy in the system. So I've got a little story. I was telling our listeners earlier. Um, I used to host uh, two business shows for BBC World News, for BBC Global. And uh, in Talking Business Africa, I'd have to travel through out the African continent, sub-Saharan Africa, uh, speaking to CEOs, chairman of companies, da 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 and then also gone to the factory floors to see whether or not, you know, uh, Africa is rising and the business opportunities are real. And on a shoot uh, in Botswana, we decided one of our small entrepreneurship shoots would be with, an, on, with a, uh, a beekeeper, a young beekeeper who had an apiary um, just outside of Khaburoni. Oh, my gosh. But we were late for the appointment. It was midday. It's Botswana. It's dry. It's very, very hot. And when we got there at about 11, she was now reluctant to open the hive because she felt it was too hot. But we put her under pressure because we've got to go back to London and put the show together. So she agreed and she gave us all the hazmat suits and then she opened the hive. I'm telling you, the bees went ballistic. And they came out as a swarm and they spread out all around us and they chased us down. And you just had to find cover. And people were running into the house. If there was a car, you were throwing yourself into a car. People were jumping fences to the next door neighbor's house. And then obviously it's Botswana. People have their small cattle crawls in and around. So then it aggravated the cattle because now the cr- it was a mess. The police had to come telling you we were nearly arrested in Botswana because of the bees. 
why did why were we disrespecting the bees at half past 11 noontime Botswana? Uh, I think we must be, one of the things is we must respect bees, as you said. It is, um, they're very sensitive and the heat of the day, they're inside. They don't come out at that extreme heat. So uh, while she was opening it, uh, that's when they just, they get ballistic, as you said. So it's respectful the bees. We must also, we will also not want people to come and disturb us 12 o'clock in the night. You disturb them 12 o'clock during the day when it was their busiest day inside the hives. Uh, so, yeah. And so they attack. Yeah, that's why they attack. Yeah. And also the bees can also, uh, they smell if you are getting nervous around them. Mm, yeah. They sense the fear. Yeah. 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 They're pretty smart. They, they're very smart creatures. There's a, um, and I would, I would ask the listeners to Google this. We all Google these days. The bee dance. Bees are extremely, extremely clever. So when they start a new hive or when there is a new, they have been put in a new place or a new area, what they do is they do, uh, the, the bees settle now a little bit. Then they send a few bees out to go and scout where the best flowers is. And they they go out. They, they use the sun and north. And they go out and they go and see where the best flowers is. Then they come back inside the hive. And the one who found the, the best flowers will do a bee dance. And and they, they, they use north and where the flowers is. Say it is 12 degrees right off north or 15 degrees or whatever. Then they, they, they stop their little bodies like that. And everybody know that is where the, the wow. best flowers is. And there's so much that we can learn from them. I mean, it is incredible if you think those little creatures know where to go and look using the right. sun where the best flowers are. I want to talk about the business and the business model of Mint to Be. But just before that, we're talking about hives that you can buy you know, structures that you buy to create a hive. But people are finding beehives yes. up in their roof, on the side, in the ducts. What must you do then? And why does that happen? So when a queen found a place where she wants to to start uh, manufacturing be- a hive, oh, manufacturing honey, yeah. uh, they will find a place. So they must be then flowers in your area and that's why she does that so bees also absconded from hives and go into any other place like uh, uh, as you say in a structure in your roof or whatever and again don't spray them get somebody to come and take them out because you can also score on the honey that's inside there there's more than enough honey in a place like that so just get Get somebody professional and that the people ask money to come and remove them. But it's a huge work. There's professional people that just just remove hives inside, wherever, outside, wherever. Also, Nigeria and places like that don't use the same hives that we use. They use round ones that looks like trunks of of, uh, uh, trees. So these different ways that bees go in and start their honey. And you said don't use the doom. I just thought you haven't met Joba Gokos when I dream. <laughs> Joba Goko. He's going with the doom and the broom and everything. He's not phoning. Uh, <laughs> okay. So when you say don't kill the bees, think of the opportunity ecologically and think of the opportunity to score on the honey. What do you mean by score on the honey? How much money is there in trading honey? Uh, honey is... 
it is gold, honey is gold, but one hive is not going to make you that much honey, please, uh, and or money. Uh, out of a hive, you get about 15 kilograms of honey okay. out of one hive, if the hive is in the right place and everything. Uh, if you harvest twice, you get double, double that, that. So amount. Okay, yes. So uh, the honey business, people think, oh, I can have 10 hives or 50 hives or 100 hives. You only start breaking even at uh, around the thousand one hundred hives. So yes, and it's hard. It's hard work. It's not just having the bees there and think your money is coming by itself. Uh, so it is looking after your bees. Make sure there's no vandalism because that's a big thing in South Africa: vandalism of the beehives of the beekeepers. And then uh, with that, also the harvesting. It costs money to harvest your honey or to get somebody in to come and do it. And then you have to bottle. So it's not this. Yes, there's money in, but not out of a few hives. Okay, please put on your headphones. Stephen in Pretoria West has a quick question, if we can patch through. Stephen, not much time. Go ahead. How do, how do you identify pure honey from? How do you identify pure honey from? Adulterated honey. Okay, thanks for that, Dr. Stephen. How do you know pure honey, Drini? Okay, so Stephen, thank you for the question. One of the most important things is if you buy honey from a shelf, you turn your bottle. Firstly, 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 you can't buy pure honey for 45 rand in any shop. If it's, say, 45 rand or 50, uh, 65 rand, please walk away. It's not pure honey. People also have to learn that we have to pay for pure honey. There is a lot of work going into it. Then the second thing is turn your bottle around and look what it say on the on the back mm-hmm. side. And I hope I will make my house mm-hmm. with this, what I'm going to say now. Mm-hmm. If it's a packed in South Africa and it say South Africa and a lot of other names, 90% of the time it is not pure honey. Wow. It is... Uh, syrups that is put into the honey to let it go further. So um, that is the one thing. The second thing is if you take a bottle and it's like a round bottle or a square bottle, turn your bottle in the shop and it will make a huge bubble at the end. It come up as a bubble and it makes a huge bubble. Then you know that's pure honey. And the last thing, pure honey will crystallize. Don't put it in the microwave. Don't cook it, don't boil it, don't do anything. Put it in a bowl with uh, boiling hot water. Put your glass bottle in there and and it will dissolve and your honey will be again uh, workable. But that's it. Okay, so as we say goodbye to you, your business, Meant to Be, has identified 15 SMMEs. You've helped to equip them, given them hives, trained them. There's mentorship. You've worked a lot in Limpopo, as you've told us. And just tell us about um, how many new beekeepers we have, how many communities have been changed by Meant to Be. So we are rolling out. We're still busy rolling out to 50 beekeepers. Under each of them is three assisting beekeepers. And it's not only those four people in a community. Just remember in the rural areas, each community, each person uh, at up to another eight. Mm. So we, it's it's going slow, but it is step by step. And is it just honey we can expect from men to be and from bees in general? At the moment, from men to be only honey, but there's much more that you can make. These uh, candles, there is uh, um, uh, in 
uh, skin and cosmetic. So that's where it's used. Also wax are a big part going into cosmetic industry, okay. but not for men to be. Okay, so bee, bee, bee wax can uh, make lip eyes. Yes. Face creams. face creams. Soap. Okay. A lot of things go into from bee, bee wax and pure honey. Okay. I'm going to go and buy some honey right now because I've run out and I'm going to test that whole air bubble thing. <laughs> Trini Puertas, it's been a pleasure and we hope um, she's just added a little bit of sweetness in your day. It's been the Thursday edition of Power Talk. We'll do it again tomorrow. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.